Over the last number of years, the Dublin Gaelic football team has become one of the most successful teams to play the game. Going for six in a row this year, the boys in blue, in many people's eyes, have become unstoppable. But this weekend, they fancy face a Cavan team who will complete disregard for the script and how people may have written it. So are we in for another upset? Hello and welcome once again to the GAA show. My name is Pierce Corker. Joining me to talk about the game this weekend and the challenge that lies ahead for Desi Farrell's team is former Dublin footballer, two-time All-Star, and now Sunday game pundit, Kieran Whelan. Welcome, Kieran. Hey, Pierce, how's it going? You're welcome. Good, yeah, yeah. So this weekend, we all saw the scenes in Armagh uh, two weeks ago when, when Calvin really tore up the script, really kind of made a statement by beating Donegal. This weekend, the Dubs are coming up against them. As someone like yourself, you, you've been through the years where maybe Dublin were kind of facing coming into games against uh, opposition that were maybe a little bit ahead, while you've also faced teams where you were the opposition, or while you were the stronger team and you know expected to win. This weekend, what sort of game are we in for? Are we in for a simply Dublin are going to walk away with it, or could Calvin cause an upset? Yeah, well, to be honest, I hope Dublin don't walk away with it uh, because you know we're all having enjoying I suppose this championship this championship has been wonderful for I suppose everyone as spectators at home in, in such a different environment and you know I described last Sunday week as super Sunday really you know Tipperary winning in Cavan and there was a real kind of old traditional sense of it uh, knockout championship like I'm, I'm not one that fully probably agrees with knockout championship in the long run but in terms of the year that we have it brought back that old spirit and, and Cavan won that game through raw energy, being very well organised, being probably a little bit unpredictable in their game plan. Um, and all those factors kind of came together as a perfect storm. And But but, but under, underpinning it all was the sheer work rate that they brought to the table uh, in, in terms of their defensive and, 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 and defensive structure and working hard for each other. So, you know, they're coming up against a very different animal, you know, and, and Dublin obviously... People at the start of this year probably looked at Dublin and thought, well, you know, without Hill 16, different environment, new manager, Jack McCaffrey gone, Dermot Connolly gone. Everyone was looking at kind of all these, uh, you know, these negatives and thinking it raises the hopes for others. Um, but, you know, witnessing their game against Mead and being live and the first time seeing them in the flesh since pre-COVID, um, it was the intensity levels that they brought to that game was just phenomenal. So, um, it's it's a difficult task. I I think Cavan will come with it with, with with a different type of game plan that me did. Um, and 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 I know that kind of Mickey Graham breaks the, the game down into quarters really and looks at it in that sense to try and see can they just hang in there and make something happen. Uh, it's an inevitable task. I don't you know it's an inevitable task because uh, Dublin have that. You know, I spoke with Eamon Fitzmaurice down in Turles a couple of weeks ago. We were down doing the Connacht final and we were having a chat about, you know, how do you counteract Dublin? And he said, he said, listen, we tried everything. We've tried absolutely everything. He said, you know, you can, you can try press them on the kickouts. You can try go with the defensive system. You can try flood midfield. You know, you can try all aspects of the game, but they're just very, very good and how they can adapt. So it's a tough task for Cavan, but, um, I, you know, I think the game needs them to come up to Crow Park and put in a big performance uh, and a spirited performance. And I think, you know, they'll have taken so much probably from that Ulster final victory and the kind of the spirit and the momentum around the around around the uh, the county 
it's very, very different. It's kind of like back the old days where, you know, you go straight from provincial championships to all Ireland semi-finals and you can have that just belief and that momentum. There's no stumbling blocks. You're not meeting a team coming out of the qualifiers that's played for four or five weeks. You know, there's no super eights. And sometimes that can lead to a different dynamic because the belief is still instilled in the players. So Mickey Graham will have them well organised. Uh, they're a big physical uh, team. The, 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 the quality of players they have throughout the team uh, are excellent uh, and they need a lot to go right for them but, but Dublin are, are just operating at a different level here so I think at the moment that's that's the, that's unfortunately the way it is I think it, you, It's interesting you said that about the kind of unexpected nature of Calvin and almost swashbuckling and a bit like what Mayo were to Dublin in years gone by and that in that game, in, in those performances, where they brought something where you just you didn't know if they were going to have yeah. two men inside, you didn't know if they were going to flood everything, you didn't know if they were just going to turn up. And I, yeah. I got that impression watching them against Tony Gall. So, I suppose my question for you is from Desi Farrell's point of view, coming into a game, and Mayo were in a particular in a similar enough position, how do you try and mitigate against the emotion of it? Because let's be honest. You know, coming out true against uh, that performance against Mead, it was demolition derby. It was, and yeah. again, something similar has happened in Leinster over the last number of years. That can almost fit, lead into a false sense of complacency, when subconscious complacency. How does Desi Farrell mitigate against this? Yeah, I, I, I think the team is too mature, if I'm being honest with you. And I think they've, you know, they've, you know, over the last five or six years, they've never slipped into that complacent mode. They've always kind of, you know, you've, you've heard them stick to, and listen, it's, it's boring at this stage, but you've heard them saying, you know, stick to the process and and, and the players, uh, you know, they, they have a set process in terms of what they need to do at particular times in the game, whether it's slow down the play, playing, whether it's squeeze hard on the kickouts, you know, they, they have their, their 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 clutch moments, whether it's getting a runner from, from the halfbacks going forward, whether it's a, a switch in and out to, to, to pull a defender out, out and create the space inside. They have all those kind of moves and they're very, very comfortable doubling in their own skin. Like what I, what I liked about Cavan was, you know, it was unpredictability versus predictability, if you know what I mean. Donegal were coming on the back of... Uh, you know, and, and looked very, very strong and looked very, very formidable and uh, were blitzing teams with a very kind of set system of play. And and I thought, you know, Cavan learned from the Tyrone game where where Tyrone nearly got at Donegal a few times in the full back line by taking risks and putting early direct ball into the edge of the square. And and I think, you know, Cavan played a very, a very sensible kind of traditional game plan against... Uh, Donegal that was unpredictable and 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 you know leave, bringing Thomas Galligan in and out leaving him on the edge of the square Martin Riley going into the edge of the square with him you know Connor Madden coming in to offer them you know a front line they nearly in some ways they nearly bypassed their half forward line they they they, they had a very good shape where Gerald McKiernan dropped off kind of nearly as the quarterback their half backs dropped deep Conroy dropped in as the extra defender they made it difficult for for Donegal and if they had the opportunity to get at Donegal quickly they got at them and they they were they took risks with that long ball and they and and that's it's a risk reward type play they got some good uh, results off it but if they weren't they were quite patient uh, and they kept the ball and they and 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 they kind of brought it brought it across the middle and let themselves reset till they found an opportunity so it was that mix up in their play because if you look at the stats you look at the stats in terms of kickouts like they lost 
uh, you know, a large majority of kickouts. Donegal were quite good off their kickouts, but the difference from a cabin perspective is when they did get something off the kickout, they hurt Donegal, they made it hurt. And uh, when that opportunity was there to get direct ball in, they got direct ball in. So they had a very good uh, system of play and, and mixing, mixing guys around, you know, like... The, thing, the biggest challenge, I think, Pierce, for Cavan is, you know, does the Cavan that played Donegal turn up in Crow Park? Um, and if it does, and, and they bring that same level of spirit and that same level of work rate and the same level of organisation and the same level of ball retention, you know, they will certainly push Dublin more than any other team has. But, you know, you, we got to be realistic as well and, 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 and look back at Cavan's previous performances, you know, where they were 10 points down to down you know, got out of jail, the Monon game, you were left scratching your head thinking, how did they win that? I saw them against Antrim and Antrim, you know, they're really poor that day. I thought they were they were on the edge of a cliff just waiting to die out of the championship and only for Tomas McCann, who was brought in for Cunningham up front, got injured. Uh, you know, they could have ended up in trouble that day. So, you know, you sometimes we can you can get too carried away with what was a near perfect performance, you know what I mean, against uh, Donegal. So they're going to have to replicate that and more when they come up against the Dubs. And so, and, and, and in fairness to Mickey Graham, he's mixed it up all year. So he, he could do something very, very different. He has the good physical guys across the middle of the park. You know, um, James Smith has come in there. You have McKiernan in there. Galligan is out there. Uh, Brady is out there. You know, they've, they've gave good physical ball players. So I think they're, they're, they're slightly physically they might be better out for Dublin than, than, than Mead were because uh, Mead just couldn't cope with Dublin's intensity and physicality. You mentioned there the physical nature of players like James Smith, Tomás Gallagher and Grodin McKernan around the middle and you know part of your game that made you quite famous was your ball winning around the middle and you know dominating mid- midfield at Dublin for many years. What have you been most impressed with from someone the likes of Tomás Gallagher who was Many people have said it's a bit of a, a throwback to old, uh, older midfielders. Yeah, you can't, you can't but love him uh, and, what, and what he's done over the last few weeks. And uh, like he's kind of, you know, I heard somebody saying up in Cavan that he was close to maybe not even, you know, uh, being part of the Cavan panel this year. Uh, and what, what I love about, I suppose, this championship is that, and I said it at the start of the year based on the conditions and the change of the rule going to the 21-yard line, and it was something that was creeping back into the game, is that the long kick-out is really turning back and it's becoming an integral part of the game. Uh, and I think, I think teams are definitely seeing the opportunities to get at teams quickly if you win possession off that long kick-out. So the old traditionals of fielding the ball or sweeping in under the brakes are becoming really, really important again. Uh, but Galligan's just your typical warrior type player who actually can play ball as well. You know, that's sort of way he does a, he's he looks unorthodox and in immobile, but he's actually he actually can shift and he can he's a good passer of the ball and he can score. And even you saw the last day, the ball went into the full forward line, you know, the pickup to get the foot under the ball and just flip it up and get it back over the bar, over over his head was just phenomenal. And like he was brilliant against Monaghan as well. And uh, I, 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 you can't beat that kind of warrior spirit. It kind of brings on the players around them. And uh, I think Grove McKiernan, to his credit, has been, he's somebody from a midfielder's perspective that, you know, I've, I've looked and I've admired over the last few years. You know, he's had some wonderful performance for Cavan. He's great, great actual ball player and kick scores off both feet, great fielder of the ball. Uh, and and he, re, he, re, he really played a, a holding role against Donegal where 
he, he showed great leadership and sitting in that pocket and he was always available for the ball and he was always he was moving around he was the one kind of directing traffic being that holding that patient move so um you know they, they're two critical players the flip side to that is you know and this is what you know when you come up against Dublin you know Dublin have a couple of very effective man markers and when you look at Cavan you kind of say well it's the sum of all parts that makes them strong because they don't really have any real standout player you know you're not coming up against Conor McManus or David Clifford or someone like that where you have to kind of nullify their threat um, and, and that probably is one of their strengths but you could see the likes of John Small picking up Gerald McKiernan and, and, and John Small has been excellent this year for Dublin and you know he could like your fear for Cavan is that if you if you squeeze a couple of their big players and they don't get that momentum going uh, that's that's always your worry and you know, they got a very fast start against Donegal where they kicked four points and Donegal were very flat in that first quarter. Um, and that gave them, I think, a bit of confidence and a bit of belief. Um, against Dublin, you, 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 need, you need to get off to a fast start. And we saw that the last day against, against Mead, uh, where Mead had that goal chance. Dublin closed them down very, very quickly. But once Dublin got that goal and went five, six points, you're fight, fighting up uphill battle. That's why I think, I think Cavan will probably... They'll have to cut their claw to a certain degree. Uh, they have a nice balance in their game, and 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 they, and and, they, and, and I de- do think they'll test Dublin and try and get at their full back line. But I do think they'd be a little bit more protective on Cluxton's kickouts. Uh, in that, you know, it's very very hard to crack Cluxton, and you have to pick your times to get at him. Um, and they, you know, Mead were a little bit naive going man to man and leaving space over the top, and Cluxton puts it over the top, and the ball ends up in the back of the net. I think Cavan will probably. Uh, flood that midfield area and they'll make sure they have that little bit of extra protection uh, at the back not to be caught in that man-to-man situation I think it's crucial to stop Dublin scoring goals uh, and that's what I think that's what Mickey Hart will be trying to achieve to get to that first quarter you know first quarter break and, and be two or three points behind to get to half time to be three or four points behind and try and try and kind of stay in the game but their, their shot to score ratio is going to have to be really good up front you know again Go back to the Antrim game. First half, they were they, they, they were their, their shots were options were terrible. So they still have, you know, we're 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 really looking at the Donegal game and kind of saying, yeah, that's the one. Is that the real Cavan? You know, that was a really good performance. So you're hoping they bring that level against the Dubs. You know, from a double perspective, and, and you touched on it earlier about all the changes that have gone on behind the scenes of players retiring, Jim Gavin leaving, or the other players taking time out. What's impressed you most about some of the newer guys this year? Uh, yeah, well, like I think from 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 definitely Sean Bugler was 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 somebody who I would know Sean from being involved with him in in in, uh, in in development squads. And Sean, to me, always had a, I always compared him to Dermot Connolly because I thought he brilliant balance and he two brilliant feet as a young kid and uh, he great speed. He, he had similar type of uh, techniques and the way how, how we play the game, uh, and he settled in. Obviously, he got his run against Tyrone last year in the in the in the Super Eights, and he's been one of Dublin's best players this year. You know, he's picked up two goals, and he's kind of slotted in very quietly. You know, Brian Howard's probably been carrying a bit of an injury and hasn't really got back to the level that he probably should be, uh, and that that could be an area where Dublin, you know, Cavan have so much physicality across the middle. You know, maybe Dublin need to, need to beef up in that area. You could see Howard back in this weekend. But himself, and I think uh, Robbie McDade uh, at wing back, you know, 
you're never going to get another Jack McCaffrey, you know, although the rumours are he's back, Jack McCaffrey's back in the camp, but, you know, I don't know how true, what truth is behind that. But Rob, Robbie McDade, again, would have played on, you know, Desi Farrell's team in 2011 against that Tipperary, and Tipperary won the minor team. And there's, I think there's six or seven, there's Robbie McDade, John Small, Mannion, uh, Kilkenny, there's a you know a core of his team are true now, and he, he's Robbie McDade has been solid at wing back. He's he's good speed, he's good pace. He'll never be as spectacular as McCaffrey, but uh, they, they they are two that have come in and have made the transition you know very easy. And in some ways, I think that you know why are we getting a lot of uh, you know unpredictable results, or why is so much strange things happening in 2020? You kind of forget that it's 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 really a lot easier for for probably young players to play in that environment where there's no crowds and, you know, if they're making a mistake, it's not on their back, the crowds are not on their back. And I think we've particularly seen that with Mayo as well, to be able to introduce young kids uh, that were under 20 last year, only, you know, only really cutting their cloth to senior county, but they've looked really settled and really comfortable and, 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 and not having the crowd there might have a positive impact on young kids being able to come in and settle into the team because it's very, very, you know, you forget it's a very, very difficult environment to, you know, to come into, uh, you know, a championship match in front of 15,000 on Crow Park, in front of 50, 60 or 80,000, you know, it can be very nerve-wracking and it can take guys, you know, a few games to settle in. But I, I think a lot of younger players have really adapted well this year and that could be to do with the conditions. And that might help, you know, that that could help other teams to, to have a run at Dublin, you know what I mean? Um, Cavan are not going up to face that, I suppose, intimidating atmosphere and, and, and maybe that rawness and that, uh, the atmosphere in Crow Park just just might suit them if they got a bit of momentum and they could give the dubs a rattle. It's interesting you said there about the crowds not being there because I was reading something from James Horan today and he was talking about how he feels the crowds not being there has helped his Mayo team and it's something that I think has been you know talked about over the last couple of weeks. You know, for instance, we saw with the hurling last weekend in Waterford and so on. Like, as someone who's Unfortunately, I never got to play in the big moments and big games in Crow Park like <laughs> yourself. But as someone who's been there in the big days and played for Dublin in front of 80,000 in front of Crow Park and the hill and that, what sort of, what comes from the crowd that can influence a game? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it, like, it's a very good question, but I, I suppose I will have here, I, I had, I was lucky enough probably from my debut in 96 until the day I retired that, Crow Park was full every day we played and it was very few days there wasn't uh, full capacity like we were back in the days used to get sellouts for first round of Leinster Championships you know when, 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 it, when it mattered and it was different but I always said that Crow Park is, 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 is an intimidating place it can be either worked two, three points to you and, and it can make you stand two inches taller or it can suffocate you um, and 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 I've, I've experienced both, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, and so from, from, from the perspective of uh, teams that aren't used to that environment, it, kind of, it can be quite intimidating. Uh, so, you know, obviously, listen, if Cavan were, were coming up this weekend as Ulster champions, you know, the whole of Cavan would be up with them. And you'd probably have fifty thousand Cavan people there, more than Dubs this weekend, if they were, if 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 they uh, if they were able to. Uh, so it would probably, uh, you know, it, it would help them. But I, but I, but what I would say is that, you know, it, it would probably impact some players. The whole occasion could certainly get to some players, uh, and and, you, and 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 I think that's always a concern for managers going in and saying, well, if the occasion gets to him, I've lost him. He's gone. I'm looking at getting him off the field and getting somebody in because it can happen so easily. So. 
you know, at least Cavan come up with it. They come up with a free shot, free shot, uh, and I think they just have to, you know, if you look at all the teams and people say, oh, you don't sit back between, don't sit back with the dogs because they'll just get round you. Press high, but then they get over you. Uh, so it's very, very difficult. It's striking that balance of of uh, having a little bit of security at the back and, and dropping off, flooding midfield and and, and, and and taking risks up front to try and expose Dublin in certain certain situations. But they've got to have, you know, all their fifteen players have got have got to have to have got to have to perform on, on Saturday night because Dublin, let's be very frank, Crow Park is a massive advantage to Dublin and uh, they they're very, very comfortable in that environment. So for Dublin, Dublin going in on Saturday night it's just another game for them where Having it's an occasion, you know what I mean. So yeah, I can it can kind of it can kind of go uh, it can go either way, you know, it can go either way. Absolutely no, and I think you're dead right because. It, but I suppose from a fan's perspective, it's sometimes it's it's something that we probably forget about, and it's something that has probably been highlighted and amplified this year with the lack of crowds. But it's always interesting to hear though from a player's perspective, perspective and both past and present about the impact of how to prepare because, you know, there's little things that happens on on game day that you don't really expect, like David Fitzgerald talking about in the hurling, that as opposed to coming down Conniff Road in the bus, now they're just driving it. You know, yeah, yeah, those little yeah, bits. Like, and yeah. as well, for just in terms of Dublin, Daisy Farrell's manager, as a player, you, you knew him obviously very well from being in the Dublin mm-hmm. panel with him. As someone who knew him and might have an understanding of what kind of person he is. What 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 kind of person is he? What is he going to be different than Jim Gavin? Is he going to be is it just going to be a case of business as usual? What how does he Yeah, well it's it's hard like Jim Jim Gavin the player and Jim Gavin the manager were two very, very different people, Pierce, to be honest with you. And uh, Jim Gavin the man the, the uh, as a Jim Gavin as a player was first to the Monday club and was you know great there's a different man behind Jim uh, good old crack but when he when he went into that role he obviously was you know he, he he tapped into a lot of his I suppose his leadership roles within within the the, the, the army and that sort of stuff and the air corps that really uh, you know and, and, he, and he developed a culture I suppose and, 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 he, and he built on the mindset that Pat Gilroy had had probably developed he Pat Gilroy gave gave the players the confidence and Jim probably gave them you know, marry the culture and the player leadership with that to develop a very, very strong unit. Uh, Desi will be, you know, the one thing about Desi Farrell is his attention to detail certainly will be, will, 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 will not be, will not uh, go missing. You can rest assured of that. He, he will be very strong on the whole psychological end of the game. Uh, that's a huge part of his kind of makeup. And I think that's why he was so successful with the, with probably the minor and the under 20 crew that he, he, he understands the pitfalls of the game that sometimes the game is won between the two ears rather than on the pitch and uh, so he, he will definitely help Dublin prepared in, you know in that shape because I think from a physical conditioning perspective that's nearly a given in terms of the momentum that they have uh, and and he also I suppose was you know it, it, he was coming into a role where you know people you know, it's like the David Moyes, Alex Ferguson. He was taken over from somebody who would be seriously successful. He was hit with COVID. He was hit with Dermot Connolly requirement. He was hit with Jack McCaffrey. So touch all these factors. And you were kind of thinking, is he going to be the unlucky manager? And, and 2020, who knows? Like, <laughs> you can't be, be assured of anything. Uh, but you've got to, you know, I think I, he will have the team, you know, very, very well prepared. I think I, I wouldn't, you know, he, he hasn't had to change a whole lot. Uh, you know, when you look at their level of performance, 
um, against Mead, and they definitely upped it in terms of their intensity level. You know, apart from Kieran Kilkenny maybe switching with Conal Callaghan in and out, uh, there wasn't uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of change. But the one biggest challenge I think when you when you go playing against this Dublin team is that you come from an environment where you're playing matches where you've you've probably had a couple of seconds on the ball where you can actually think about what you're going to do with that next play. Uh, I kind of compare it to Aussie Rules. I remember when we were training for the Aussie Rules team, you were fine in training, but when you actually met the Aussies and, uh, you know, if you didn't get rid of the ball within a second, they had you nailed, you know. And it's a similar analogy, I think, to this Dublin team. And I thought it was very evident in terms of Mead, where Mead probably coming off the back of a few games where players had a couple of seconds to think what they're going to do with the ball. Against Dublin, that's probably half. You get 50% of the time you probably got in your last game. Uh, and, and what that does, it puts a massive amount of pressure on you and can force guys into mistakes or poor shot options. And I think that's going to be the biggest probably challenge for Dublin. If, if Dublin get to that intensity level that they brought against Mead. Um, and the biggest area, I suppose, that I was impressed with in terms of Desi, particularly against Mead, was how Dublin uh, uh, transitioned from attack to defence and to attack again and how quick they got their bodies back uh, even when Mead did try to get at them early, Dublin managed to close them down and, and make it very, very difficult for them. Um, and, and, and Mead didn't get any simple scores. So that was the that was probably the most impressive part that I that I saw against Mead that that, that kind of enforced on me that these guys are still at that level. They're used to possession. They make it look very easy. The ball's always going to chest. They reduce the amount of mistakes, but their 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 ability to be able to get movement moved their players as a block defensively and offensively uh, was just at a different level so that's that's the challenge from for Cavan I think is to be will they be able to cope with that intensity will they be able to keep the amount of mistakes um, that they have you know down you know we spoke about them not getting as much off the kickouts you know they probably they hurt Donegal more from turnovers you know where where they turned over the ball and they went up and scored and got at Donegal quickly Dublin won't give them probably as many opportunities and mistakes as that, so they're going to have to be very economical with the possession they have. You know? Yeah, and it's I suppose the other challenge as well, and it's something that I, um, I think I heard it was Porek Faulkner on News Talk was talking about uh, with their chances coming in this weekend. He was of the opinion, well, if Donegal had won it, people would be tipping them to maybe give Dublin a game if not, yeah. if not beat them. Yeah. So why not us? So I suppose in that, with that in mind, talking about how the absence of crowd can play an impact on between the years, is there an impact of beating a big team? And you, you, we talked about the performances that Calvin had up until the Ulster final. You know, they were pretty poor in a lot of games and, and you know, had miraculous comebacks in others. With beating Donegal, for an awful lot of them players who would have been on under-21 titles, who would have won under-21 under titles, can this be the shot in the arm they need? Yeah, absolutely. Because when you look at that Donegal performance and you look at the quality of football that they played and the work rate and how comfortable some of the, some of the guys uh, were in possession, um, you know... Even, you know, Garrett Smith coming forward, you know what I mean? Uh, Killian Brady, you know, some of the, you know, Ushin Kieran in a wing forward... They, you know, they they have good ball players around their physical players, and it it can be the shot in the arm, and that's what I said kind of at the start when I alluded to that momentum of a knockout championship. That a team you go back, I suppose, prior when when 
uh, when the when it was straight knockout. You know, different teams came every year, but they came with serious momentum. I remember, you know, Kildare coming out of Leinster with massive momentum under Miko and belief, and that's and beating Kerry and going on to, you know, a, a ninety-eight all final and Galway similar coming. You know, teams can come from nowhere. And that shot in the arm and that belief is, you cannot even measure that. You can't measure it and you can't underestimate it. And it's, it's going back to that 2011 when Dublin won the All-Ireland. That shot in the arm, what that done for Dublin as a whole, the baggage was gone. The baggage is off. Of so, like, Cavan, you look at Cavan and you look at their underage success and you look at what they've achieved and people were probably expecting a little bit earlier. And, and like... It could have been a very different story, you know. If Monaghan had to come out and start that second half and went to Cavan and Cavan around the championship, Mickey Graham could be gone. You know, some of their players might be playing. All of a sudden, their lives have flipped. Uh, they're now Ulster champions. Uh, they're young enough. They have the ability. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it could, like, there's probably a lot of scope for improvement in them. So I fully concur, like, it could be a shot in the arm. And, and, and once they don't, well I suppose on that victory to a certain degree that they actually have that raw hunger and desire to say well you know let's push on next year and win another Ulster Championship and show it wasn't a flash in the plan it wasn't a strange year like because they have the quality footballers and they have the ability and they're young enough as well uh, so there's a lot of optimism for Cavan so yeah, I, I would fully concur a victory over a big team uh, is, is, is mind-blowing but um, it, it's also it's also difficult, I suppose, to get grounded within such a short space of time as well, you know? Absolutely. And I think as well, the biggest point that when you made there the big point about Dublin in 2011 and kind of that coming of age, because there'd been so much talk about, albeit obviously different circumstances and, you know, the Dublin team had been just nearly there and just different things had happened and the ball went this way or, you know, whatever. And this Calvin team, had, similarly, up there in Ulster, they were the common team. They had good under-21 teams. It was uh, next year's our year kind of attitude and situation. And now it's obviously different. And going into next weekend, just to, 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 sum, to finally just sum up, what do Calvin see next weekend? What, sh- what should they see as a success if they don't win? Because the development of the team, you, you touched on it there. Yeah. They look on it and say, "Well, you know, we did it this year, and why can't we do it next year?" And I'm and I've tried to kind of get my head around this question. If they go out and they're beaten by a point, and you know, it's the nearly theirs, have they? Are they in a situation where they blew a great chance, or are they in a situation where Jesus, this team are now a, a new team? Yeah, like I think if the, if they go out and they beat Dublin, it will be. Sensational, right? For Cal, will just be it will be hard to hard to control because they'd have taken down the, the probably the best team ever, and that's realistically what they yeah. are. So the challenge is the challenge is massive. But like I think from a cabin perspective, I think people will just be looking at the performance, and if they come away from Saturday night, and 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 listen, I'd, you'd love to see this one go down to the wire. Uh, but if they come away from Saturday night, having asked some questions of Dublin, having exposed some weaknesses in Dublin. Um, you know, I think that would be a huge positive uh, because Dublin haven't had that challenge. Do you know what I mean? They haven't had that challenge. Okay, Kerry last year missed their opportunity. Dublin were on an off day. They were there for the take and they didn't take it. Dublin won the replay by six points. It was kind of they were fairly comfortable right throughout it and you thought this Kerry team was coming. So if they if they could ask questions like that uh, and, and, and stay with Dublin into, the, you know, into, into that last quarter and be in the game, 
uh, you know, and shut Dublin down and, 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 and look back on a few statistics and say, do you know what, we gave it a rattle, we went up there, we died in our boots. You know, whatever happens, you know, for the rest of this year, you know, if Dublin go on and win the All-Ireland, it will be another record and it will be six in a row. But, but the Super Sunday of two weeks ago when Tipperary and Cavan turned the favourites over will probably be, uh, will go down probably as one of the, the, the highlights of the year. But, but um, when the dust settles during the winter time, people will ask that question and say, well, are they going to kick on now? Uh, or are they happy with their lot that they've created a bit of history and they they all have an Ulster Championship medal? And I think that's going to be their big testament. And that, a lot of that involves, you know, Mickey Graham. Is he there for the long haul as well? You know, is he gonna he gonna hang around with them? You know what I mean? You know, will he see that they've scoped for improvement because they probably need they need, you know, if if Mickey Mickey Graham is inspiring them like we think he is. Uh, and, they're, and they're buying into his process and they're buying into his variety of play uh, they need stability as well so I think you know get come to Crow Park rattle Dublin ask Dublin a few questions uh, die in your boots and leave everything out there um, and, and, and who knows what could happen but um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a massive task for them to create I think a, the shock of the century if they were, if they, if they were to do it but um, it, who knows? Who knows? And, and and listen, I think I don't think there's anybody first that isn't looking upon Saturday and saying, you know, you'd love to see a really good contest go down the stretch because yeah. you know, I said it after the meet game, you know, it's brilliant. You know, as a dub, you look look on and you watch the Dublin team, and they're brilliant to watch, and and, and I love them. Uh, but you do at the same time, I suppose, you want a game and you want entertainment, and and and. Why was last Sunday week so good? Because it was entertainment. It was edge of the seat stuff, and 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 to me, that's what makes sport exciting. It's not having a, a result that's done after ten minutes. So let's hope we get a we get a good L game and see we we'll see where where it takes us. I think you're dead right, and I think you uh, I think the rest of the country, including the most ardent true blue Dublin fan, will uh, concur with your thoughts there on that. So thanks very much for joining us, Kieran. It's been a pleasure. You, as always, you can join us. Uh, you can catch us on any podcast application. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. If you have any questions, any feedback, please do get back in touch with us. Calvin in Dublin is on this Saturday uh, on RT Sport. Will we uh, see you on the punditry, Kieran? Uh, I'm I, I, I'm hoping to be there Saturday night, but I'm Sunday. I'm doing the uh, Mayo Mayo uh, Tipperary game Sunday, so. Uh, I'm, I, may, I might I might get in the sideline on, I might be on the sideline on Saturday just, to, just so I can get into the game <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be one hell of a weekend ahead of us anyway Thanks very much yeah. for doing this, Karen No problem No problem Thanks, Pierce Hello everyone, it's Connor here and I have some great news. The Safcast is now on Patreon. So, what does that mean? For just £5 per month you can receive early access to Safcast episodes, which includes a range of interviews across Antrim GAA. There will also be bonus episodes on there that will be Patreon exclusive, and in the new year we'll be taking requests for special commissioned episodes, which can be on your club's history, perhaps a particularly memorable game, uh, a title one, or a particular player, so you can benefit from this for just £5 per month. 
If you don't sign up, don't worry, you will still receive the interview episodes as usual. It'll just be after those who have signed up on Patreon. If you've signed up on Patreon, you'll receive access to Safcast interviews a week early. The fee will go towards the running costs, including the domain hosting and the time involved in putting the episodes together. It's been great crack so far, and thank you to those who have tweeted or messaged on Instagram to give me your feedback. We've released episodes for seven weeks in a row, and the guests have been great, and I'm looking forward to branching out to chat to more people. So, if you want to sign up, just visit patreon.com forward slash the Safcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash the Safcast to sign up and support the podcast. Thank you for your support so far, and I hope to hear from you all soon.